Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. That's Sarah and this is Katie and it's been so long since we've recorded that Sarah forgot to say her name. (laughs) I did. Oh my god. I was like, why is Katie jumping in right now? I don't Oh, right. I forgot to say my name. Sorry, guys. But you know what? It's okay because Sarah is a different person a little bit now. Something has happened since we recorded last. I am different. I have a ring on it. You put a <gasps> ring on here. Ooh, you guys. Married woman. Officially married. She's a married woman. And right before we started recording, she said, she proclaimed, she was like, oh, God damn it, Celestial Jesus. You should be happy with me. Greg has finally made me an honest woman. (laughs) (laughs) I cackled. You know what's so great too is that um, at our wedding reception, someone, one of the guests, came up to me and Greg, and we're like, "Oh, congratulations, blah blah blah." And then he looked at Greg. He's like, "It's about time you made her an honest woman." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good and so so southern too, right? So. Southern and it just made me crack up and I was like yeah Greg about time you made me an honest woman and he's like rolling his eyes like fuck off <laughs> like okay, <laughs> okay. but, but yes, uh, Sarah got married and I know that you're all wishing her the biggest congratulations aw, right now yeah thank you <laughs> it was so lovely it was the perfect day um, if you guys want to hear all the details, go to Patreon because I just recorded, or we, <laughs> look at me being selfish. I only recorded, it was just me, <laughs> um, an episode, and I go through all the little little nitty-gritty nitty, details of all the things, um, yeah. except for the wedding night, you pervs. I could hear your mind <laughs> right now. You know, Sarah has changed since we started this podcast, and 2018 she was given every little detail. <laughs> I mean, in 2018, I would have walked you through the steps of when I first went through the cottage door leading <laughs> up to the next morning and all oh, the details. It would have been a three-hour-long podcast of all <laughs> the modest. details. It would have been a five-hour-long podcast where <laughs> I just gave every single fucking detail. But now that I'm a married woman, I'm flipping my hair right now. I have to have some (laughs) discretion in my life. (laughs) A little Um, more discreet. Yeah. I have to now. But I'm not themed, guys. Don't you worry. I'm still a freak in the sheets. Don't you worry. (laughs) Most nights. I I mean, if if it's a weeknight, not so much. If I have my sweatpants on already, definitely not so much. But any other day, I'm a freak in the sheets, I tell you. Unless you've had too many lentils. Oh, yeah, that makes me very gassy. But also, you know, on our wedding day, Greg was like, literally everything makes you gassy. And I was like, and this is why I know you're the one. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. He just knows that anything I eat makes me incredibly gassy. And that's just how it is. And he loves your gas. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he loves it. He just tells me now, can you at least point your your ass in the other direction I'm like okay compromises uh, yeah teamwork um so if you guys want to hear more go over to patreon.com slash not so molly mormon it's actually we did a video so you can watch us as well if you're interested in that the video i show off my ring i show mm-hmm. off some little surprises not my titties you purse again and those are not so little no <laughs> No, they're not. They're not. As my mother says, they're ginormous. She likes oh. that. Yeah. Oh, well, 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 I guess. Yeah, I'm like, thanks, Mom. Thanks, yeah. Mama. Yeah. They're monsters, is what she says. They're, mo- they're ginormous monsters. Oh, they're not monsters. I know. <laughs> Southern women, I tell you. Yeah. Well, um, other updates. Uh, we have some new patrons, so I wanted to give them a little shout out. We have a new patron, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Welcome. Hello, Catherine. And a new patron, Abel. Hi, Abel. Welcome. 
Hello, Abel. Are you Abel from high school? I highly doubt it, but if you are, hello. Oh, that would be funny. (laughs) And last but not least, we have a new Outer Darkness patron, Millie. Hi, Millie. Millie, we just recorded a personalized video for you. I hope you enjoy it. And welcome. We are so happy to have you in our Outer Darkness joining us in the fun, fun club. Oh, yeah. We're so grateful for all of our patrons, for all of you listening. Uh, We hope that you all had a good Thanksgiving and survived your family get-togethers with some sanity left intact. Uh, (laughs) Katie, how was your Thanksgiving? You know, it was good. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. No, it was was good. It 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 was busy, but you know. It was good. And now gearing up for Christmas. But in the meantime, we have this podcast to keep us sane. We do. And we can vent and just let it all out um, and prepare for the holidays. Although I have to say, I did think of you all um, on Thanksgiving because we said a blessing on Thanksgiving. Like you said one? Oh, God, no. But as in my family, like, we weren't allowed <laughs> oh. to start. It was really funny because my in-laws were there, too, and they're not religious at all. Obviously, uh-huh. they're uh-huh. And they, like, sat down, so, like, getting ready to chow down, and I was like, <clears throat> and then <laughs> they're like, and we need someone to give the blessing, and yep. And then also, they had dinner at my parents' house, and it was the same thing, where they're about to chow down, and we're all, like, I could see my mom, like, bowing her head and waiting for it, and she's like, the blessing, like, I'm definitely not doing it. I was like, come on, dad. Come on, dad. Pull through. So he gave the blessing. And we're all like, amen at the end. It's like natural for I could not say amen. Right. I know when it's me in that setting, and especially if it's like not a lot of people, so it's very noticeable if you don't say amen, I still feel awkward about it. <laughs> I do too. Like, I could not, even though I obviously didn't like, listen to the prayer, believe in it. I like bowed my head and then I said, amen. And I was like, what? I, why yeah. am I saying amen? Because yeah. you've said it your whole life, right? It's just that, I don't know. It feels like second yeah. nature. It's very weird. <laughs> Bizarre. Anyways, I hope you guys had lovely Thanksgivings without blessings or with them, you know, whatever you, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> do you have any other announcements, Sarah? Sorry for that noise. That was a paper bag in the background. Um, no announcements for me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No announcements for me. Okay. So I picked a topic today that Sarah doesn't know. She doesn't know what I picked. Um, I'm so excited. I don't have a clue. It's no clue. <laughs> I wanted to go back in time like I usually do. I wanted to go through history back to J-Dog's time and tell you about someone very close to J-Dog. That's Joseph Smith if you're just joining us. (laughs) I thought you were saying that to me and I was like, Katie, I know who J-Dog is. You don't. (laughs) I just feel like some people start listening to our podcast and they don't start at the very beginning. So then they like, or what the, who the hell are they talking about? They say (laughs) J-Dog. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, have you heard of someone named Porter Rockwell? No. <gasps> yes, you haven't heard. Okay, this is going to no, be great. No, I haven't. Okay. So, his full name was Oren Porter Rockwell. He was born in Belchertown, Massachusetts to Oren and Sarah Rockwell, who lived next door to the Smith family. Dun, dun, dun. They were neighbors. They were neighbors. So Porter was eight years younger than J-Dog, but nonetheless, they became super close friends, like incredibly close. It's even been reported that J-Dog acted as a sort of big brother to Porter. Ew, Porter, no. I know, Porter, no. Porter, honey. No. Porter, no. <laughs> it's 
put that on a shirt. Porter, no. Porter, no. (laughs) So as we know, Joseph Smith, you know, he thought he saw all these angels and God and Jesus and the buried plates, even though there were no plates. It was just his head in a hat with a rock, all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Porter was his basically best friend. And while J-Dog was supposedly translating and publishing the Book of Mormon, Porter, to help pay for the publishing of it, would go and pick berries to sell. And he would like haul wood into town for people for money. And he would take that money and give it to J-Dog to help fund publishing the Book of Mormon. I know. Also, this is like a little kid. I, I mean, he was probably like 14 or 15. And J-Dog just has no problem taking money, his berry picking money, to publish this fake book. It's so fucking ridiculous because J-Dog, I mean, from the beginning, taking advantage of the vulnerable and taking money from literally anyone he can get it from. Oh, yeah. kid. So money hungry, that J-Dog. Ugh. So um, in 1830, that's when the Book of Mormon was published, uh, Porter was 16 and he was baptized into the church. And he was the youngest member of the first group of people to be baptized in the church. He was just a little baby. He was a little baby. He loved J-Dog, as I mean, as you can tell, he gave him all his money. So, um, oh. Yeah, in February of 1832, he was 18 years old, and he married his first wife, uh, Luanna Beebe, I think is how you say her name. It was the first of one of his many wives, but he didn't become a polygamist, I don't think. He just would, like, get married and then divorce women and kind of did that his whole life. But Mm -hmm. um, he married her in Jackson County, Missouri, which if you guys remember, that's where the Garden of Eden supposedly was. <laughs> it still is there, Katie. Duh. Oh, duh. Oh, yeah. Duh. Um, and then he was endowed in the Nauvoo Temple uh, in 1846. So he, J-Dog purposely wanted him to be in Missouri. He, like, sent him there because he was, like, one of his closest confidants or whatever basically kind of like I don't think he was ever an official officially a leader of the church but he was so close to J-Dog that he was like in with all of those guys you know and with the cool guys yeah (laughs) barf um so it was in Missouri that Porter would become proficient with a gun he started practicing shooting and all this stuff and so J-Dog asked him to be his personal bodyguard what? Yeah, because, you know, J-Dog felt like he needed a bodyguard. And I guess I can see why, because remember how everyone didn't like the Mormons and they didn't like Joseph Smith? I don't know, maybe because he was marrying 13-year-olds and burning down printing presses. And, and just being an overall creep. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to control, you know, the the vote, the voting and everything. So, he was like, oh, everyone hates me. I'm so persecuted. I need a personal bodyguard. And so Porter Rockwell became his personal bodyguard. Well, and how old is Porter at this point? Is he still like a 14-year-old kid? Let's see. No, because this is this is quite a bit later. So he's more of an, a man. Now, I'd say he's probably in his 20s. I'm moving my mic, everyone. <laughs> She's moving her mic. Moving my <laughs> mic. So bear with me. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. Done. Okay. So yeah, he becomes his bodyguard. And I also want to tell you here that his nicknames, I want to tell you what his nicknames were. One was Old Port. <laughs> <laughs> like the wine. Yes. And the other was the Destroying Angel of Mormondom. What the fuck? That's a mouthful. He's going to come up with a shorter one. But the Destroying Angel of Mormondom? Of Mormondom. Yeah, I, you'll see why pretty soon. Because remember, Porter is getting real good with a gun. Oh, and, she is. <laughs> yeah. So he's doing all of his gun stuff. He has all these weapons, old port. And pretty soon in Missouri, he becomes a suspect 
in the assassination attempt of Governor Lilburn Boggs. <gasps> yeah. Oh, what? Okay, so. That's but- just crazy. Boggs was the governor of Missouri. He had signed the executive order in 1838, which is also known as the extermination order. Do you remember this? He, mm-hmm. he made the, he signed this order into effect that would essentially evict Mormons from Missouri. They were tired of the Mormons. They hated J-Dog. They were like, get out of here. Oh, yeah. People. And um, made it, I guess, legal to evict them by violent or deadly means, which that that's that's not cool, Boggs. I don't agree with that, but you know that happened. Yeah, that part's not good, but you know it didn't have to be like a kill the Mormons. It could just be like, hey, yeah, out. could you please leave? <laughs> You're destroying all of our stuff, and your trying to marry my children that are 13 so I want you to leave you know yeah I can understand how why they were mad but yeah they shouldn't have done the deadly mean stuff so so the Mormons obviously were very upset by this and J-Dog was upset as well and Lilburn Boggs was not you know they were not a fan of him so Mm -hmm. on the evening of May 6th 1842 Lilburn Boggs was shot through a window as he read a newspaper in his study. He was badly wounded, but survived. And Porter Rockwell was accused of this. He said it was Porter Rockwell that shot him. So Porter Rockwell fled and he managed to avoid capture until being apprehended in St. Louis on March 6th, 1843. So like a whole year later. And he spent eight oh, months. Wow. In, mm-hmm. He spent eight months in jail, um, accused of this attempted assassination. But he was ultimately released because of lack of evidence. They couldn't actually pin it on him. Although, basically, everyone said that he did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and the guy that he was trying to murder said, "Like, I saw him doing." Yeah, this. like and. Yeah, so it gets even juicier. A former Mormon leader who was really close with J-Dog before he left the church, his name is John Bennett, he claimed that Joseph Smith had offered a $500 cash reward for for Boggs to be killed, basically. And yeah, and when he would talk about this, Porter Rockwell would threaten him and be like, I'll shoot you if you keep talking about this. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but um, when asked about this, uh, when people asked Porter, like, did you do it? You know, and he was like, no, I've never shot at anybody. If I shoot someone, they get shot. Like, that was his, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, I guess he was saying that he's so good at shooting people that if it was him, he would have he would have shot him and killed him. When it's like, no, maybe you just didn't get a clean shot, buddy. <laughs> That's literally the dumbest reasoning or alibi to have. Like, well, if, you know, if he would have shot, then he would have, like, definitely killed the person. Yeah. Such yeah. a good shot. <laughs> it is, what? And when people would ask J-Dog about it, he replied, well, it couldn't have been Porter because the governor's still alive, isn't he? Like, oh, my bodyguard is just so good at shooting and killing people. So it couldn't have been him. That's not very Uh, godly of uh, Joseph Smith either. I know. Well, Joseph Smith is a fucker. (laughs) (laughs) That should be a shirt as well. Joseph Smith is a fucker. So even more proof was uh, U.S. General Patrick Edward Connor said that Porter had told him, quote, I shot through the window and thought I had killed him, but had only wounded him. I was damned sorry that I had not killed the son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh Yeah, so there's all these people saying like that he was bragging about it and that he was sorry that he hadn't killed them. And even... um, So Porter Rockwell had a biography written about him and even his biographer, who was pretty sympathetic to him, suggested that he most likely was the one that attempted to assassinate the governor. So 
kind of where it starts. His little shooting sprees, <laughs> killing okay, people. Okay, the, what was it, Angel? <laughs> the, the, let me find it again. It was the destroying angel of Mormondom. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Old port. Okay, so he was held in jail for eight months but eventually let go because they couldn't prove it was him. So after his release, he made his way back to Nauvoo to join back up with the rest of the church. And supposedly he arrived at Joseph Smith's house unannounced on Christmas day, 1843. He just like showed up and I guess J-Dog and Emma were having like a big Christmas party and he just shows up and he was all thin. He hadn't been eating well. And his hair had grown really long because he hadn't had it cut in eight months. So it was like past or his shoulder. He got extensions, Katie. Some oh, of us yeah. grow our hair really fast <laughs> with extensions. Go over to Patreon. To <laughs> so we had these long locks. They probably weren't luscious. I don't think that they were washed. And so... <laughs> And J-Dog didn't recognize him at first. And I guess supposedly was like, who's this, this homeless person? Get him out of here. And then someone was like, oh, that's Porter. And he was like, oh, Porter, get in here. Like, how you been, buddy? And uh, this is something that I think the church will talk about because it ends up becoming like a faith promoting story. So. According, oh. according to the church, on this occasion, J-Dog told Porter, he like he said this was a prophecy. He said, if you remain faithful to the church and do not ever cut your hair, then you will not die by a bullet or a sword. <laughs> okay, so any other way of dying is, is there, but not by a bullet or sword. Yes, and... Unless you cut your hair. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So from that day on, Porter Rockwell never cut his hair. He wore it either like out and flowy or braided. And yeah, because I guess, yeah, J-Dog had said, if you cut your hair, you might die from a bullet, which isn't that so bizarre? I'm like, what? <laughs> like I think J-Dog might have been drunk from, you know, their Christmas party. And he's just like, oh, don't cut your hair. You might get hit by a bullet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, it's like, what, how dumb can you be to be like, oh, that makes sense. Yes. I believe <laughs> it. It reminds me of, um, what's that biblical story? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's Samson. Samson, right? Where he cuts his yeah. hair and loses all his strength and powers and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's what he was just ripping off because that's what he did. <laughs> I mean, he stole everything. So, yeah. Yep. Also, I mean, this is kind of morbid, but like I already said, J Dog's a fucker. So, whatever. Um, all, he just kind of a little bit ironic because he didn't apply this prophecy to his own self because. The very next year, J-Dog died from a bullet. So. <laughs> it's because he cut his hair, Katie. J-Dog constantly cut his hair, you know. <laughs> he just couldn't stop. He had to get a trim. And it was like, the angel was like, yo, bro, if you get a trim, you're going to die by a bullet. And he was like, oh, but the ladies. And he got a trim. And it was bopping. <laughs> you know, someone at BYU, uh, a man going to BYU should try to use this, like, I can't cut my hair. <laughs> I have to keep it longer. I'm going to die by a bullet. You know, that's what J-Dog said about Porter Rockwell. Believe me, I have my priesthood holder. <laughs> exactly. That could be the best way to argue against the honor code. I know. I know. So, like I said, J-Dog died in 1844 and Porter was devastated. Also, can I say, Porter was supposed to be his bodyguard <laughs> and he let I don't know. It was a mob, so whatever. But, you know, come on, bro. Um, uh, that's true. Like, I, sorry, that was my brain processing that for a second. Like, how did J-Dog die again? Oh, right. By a mob. By a mob. Where was Porter? He didn't I have his Porter was like, fuck this. This guy translates. Like, I'm out of here. I'm, 
I'm saving myself in my luscious hair and I'm getting the fuck out of here. No, I don't know where he was. He obviously wasn't at the jail when this happened. um, And he was super upset because he was like in love with J-Dog. I don't think romantically, but you know, they were, he was when here to to describe this relationship. When J-Dog died, Porter said, they killed the only friend I ever had. That's how much. Also, yeah, he was married. That's just like a, a slap to his wife. Like, you're not my friend. I don't really like you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I guess it's in there. Like, women aren't friends. What? Oh, what's up? Women can't have personalities. That's no. Crazy. They just make babies. That's all they do. That's all um, they're good for. Yeah. And it was very clear that he wanted revenge on the people who killed J-Dog. So... After he died, Porter Rockwell tracked down a man that was supposedly the leader of the mob. His name was Frank Worrell, and he shot and killed him. What? Straight up found him, tracked him down, shot him and killed him. And (laughs) the church, even to this day, the Mormon church, claims that he shot and killed him in self-defense. And there is no evidence for this um some like I guess scholars Mormon scholars have have maybe made the guess that like maybe Brigham Young actually sent Porter Rockwell to go kill Frank Worrell um to shift away persecution from those that were still in Nauvoo which doesn't really make sense but whatever he did it before he died no Brigham Young Oh, sorry. I just had a total brain fart. I was like, yeah. Brigham Young before he died. Joseph Smith. Okay, that's yeah. what I was so, oh, so Brigham yeah, Young basically. was like, mm-hmm. this is the the theory that some people have that he sent him to yeah. kill people. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds a bit more right because Brigham, yeah. Brigham Young was all about blood atonement and killing people. I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And after J-Dog died, Porter's allegiance like immediately went right to Brigham Young. He was just as um, loyal to him as he was to Jay. Really? I thought he would have been a bit like, you can't replace Joseph Smith. And no, he was full gung ho, loved him. Barf. Um, Yeah. So he did, he killed that Frank guy. And then his violent tendencies that were um, including they included a lot of well-documented murders continued in the Utah era under Brigham Young. It's estimated that he killed between 40 to 200 people <gasps> in his lifetime. Shut the fuck up. No he, way. Uh-huh. And so most of his killings actually happened, obviously, under Brigham Young. Like you just said, Brigham Young himself was extremely violent and preached blood atonement. So it just got worse. Um, and it's crazy because there's not much like documented, but it is known that there were at least 40 people he killed and some people claim up to 200, which either way, that's a fuck ton. (laughs) That's so many and that's horrible. I know that's so many people. That's a crazy amount. So yeah. So like I said, following J-Dog's death, Porter followed Brigham Young to Salt Lake City and in 1849, he was, of course, appointed as deputy marshal of Salt Lake City and remained an officer until his death. Of course he was, right? So now you can see why he got away with a lot of Yeah, that you can easily kill 40 to 200 people when you're a fucking deputy. Yup. His sorry, policy. moving back again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She's moving the mic. Take a drink. Take a drink. Take She's a drink. Moving the mic. mic. <laughs> cha cha cha. Okay, it's done. Okay, so as an officer, as the deputy marshal, his policy was to quote always shoot first. That way they know you're armed. Wow. So that sounds like regular, up to date, current police officers when it comes to people of color. Shoot first, question uh, later. I'm so glad you said something. I was questioning saying something about that in the episode. And then I got a little nervous because I was like, oh, God, people are going to 
be pissed at me, but you know, I shouldn't care because that's the truth. And thank you for saying it because it is the truth. It's obviously, again, we shouldn't have to say it, but for some people, it's not all cops, but it's a majority. (laughs) And it's the system of it and how it all works. And Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So during his time in law enforcement, he was said to be brutal and relentless. Uh, Describing the changes in life over 20 years at Salt Lake City, an article in the Reno Evening Gazette in February of 1891, uh, while referencing conflict between prospectors and the church, said, quote, so here's a quote from that magazine. Okay. The prospectors made their headquarters principally at a hotel kept by Gentiles who, like all other newcomers, were regarded as intruders and trespassers and were watched like thieves in every move that they made by the Mormon spies and church hirelings. Then it was that Porter Rockwell, with his long, wild locks flowing over his shoulders, and his running mate, Brig Hampton, bore the reputation of being the two leading destroying angels of the Mormon church. So I guess that's where his nickname came from. And anyone that they didn't like or that they thought were causing trouble to the church, they would just kill him. Had no problems. And this is under Brigham Young. So, of course, just super violence everywhere. God, it's so frustrating that none of this is taught in the Mormon church. Like, you go throughout the Mormon church thinking Brigham Young was God himself. Like, he could do no wrong. I mean, I fucking went to a university named after him and was like, he's great. Yeah. I had no idea any of this stuff. And he's just over there like, yeah, go ahead and kill anyone who has ever done anything wrong to the Mormons. You go do mm-hmm. that on my behalf. Thanks. Right. Yeah, like we've talked about the Mountain Meadows Massacre, right? He's awful. And this Porter Rockwell guy is absolutely terrifying and horrible. And I, yeah, you don't learn about this in church. And funny enough, I was curious. So I went on churchofjesuschrist.org. Church Latter day Saints. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry. And I searched in their search bar, Porter Rockwell, and they do have some information about him but it is all so extremely whitewashed and faith promoting they say that he was like framed and persecuted and he only killed people in self-defense and he was a great lawman who kept the peace and they will tell they tell a lot of these same stories a little bit but they skew it totally differently and then some of the stories they just leave out because there's no way they can make this guy look good and I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> the whitewashing is very apparent. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, like, ugh, it drives me crazy because then they'll say, well, we have everything on our website. You can see. And it's like, no, you you still pick and choose bits and yep. pieces of things to put on there. It's not the truth. Uh, you don't ever tell the full story. They never tell the full story about any of it. Like you said, about Brigham Young, about Joseph Smith. Yeah. And then I didn't even know, and you didn't know who Porter Rockwell was until today. So like, yeah. So like I said, it's, it's believed by like basically anyone who studied him that he killed many men as a gunfighter, a religious enforcer and deputy marshal. But Porter Rockwell told a crowd in 1869, quote, I never killed anyone who didn't need killing. Wow, what a motivational quote. I never killed anyone who didn't need killing. Like, huh? Who needs killing? (laughs) I guess, I mean, we know that they killed the Native people who were living. Yeah. Apparently they needed it. Like, fuck off. Yeah. So some people have, like, revered him, but many others considered him an outlaw, suspecting him in the murders of several in service to the church. This included the Aiken Affair. So the Aiken Affair, I'll tell you a little bit about that. The Aiken brothers arrived in Utah on friendly terms with the army and with the intent to set up a gambling house and a brothel for the soldiers. So they weren't Mormon, but they came into Utah and they were like, hey, can we set up a gambling house and a brothel here? And Brigham Young did not want them there. He didn't want anyone coming into his territory, as we've talked about before. He wanted to have, like, his own country. He didn't even want to be part of the United States. And he hated the government, right? 
So he's such a ridiculous, absurd man. But yeah. Oh, he just thought he was king. Yeah. So um, he wanted them out. So he um, asked Porter Rockwell to escort the brothers out of there and to California. So two of the brothers reappeared in Nephi, Utah, which so funny. It's named Nephi, but <laughs> I don't know that place. Oh, you don't. That? It's it's probably about I would guess half an hour to forty five minutes south of Provo. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So. So he was supposedly escorting these brothers to California and, but a few days later, two of those brothers reappeared and they were covered in blood. They were alive, but they were like, had all this blood all over them. Their clothes were all torn up. And they said like, hey, look, we, our our other two brothers have been killed in the desert and we were able to escape. And I guess in, um, in Nephi, they had told this to someone, and this person was a Mormon bishop, and he was like, oh, well, you better get on up to Salt Lake City and work this out, and, you know, and he sent them up there with some more escorts, and they were killed as they <gasps> attempted to return to Salt Lake, and it's pretty well known that it was Porter who did this, because they were trying to come into their territory and set up a gambling house. But of course, you know who Porter Rockwell and Brigham Young blamed for these deaths? Oh, the Native Americans. Yep. Of course, yep. of course they did. So Porter Rockwell actually was indicted for this incident, but it was 20 years after it happened, and he died before he could go to trial for it. Oh, what a fucker. So none of them got justice because this uh-uh. guy... Just decided to die before. Yeah, he just killed these poor brothers out in the middle of the desert. Um, But also, isn't it just, like, absolutely ridiculous? I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous, but even more so that they're like, you know, God would rather you kill someone than to allow there to be gambling. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's like, what kind of God is this? It's, I know, it's so bizarre. I'm sending you... I'm taking a screenshot right now and sending you a picture of him so you can have in your mind Ooh, what this guy looks like. He's spook spook. Um, okay. Let me just get my phone real quick. <laughs> uh, where did you send it? Um, I sent it to your uh, WhatsApp. Yeah. You see oh, it? my God. Oh, he does have luscious hair, though. I know it's very long, but he's scary. He has scary he's eyes. Scary, it's those eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Porter Rockwell also operated the Hot Springs Hotel and Brewery at the southern end of the Salt Lake Valley in the area known as the Point of the Mountain. Do you remember that Point of the Mountain? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he operated the brewery there, and it's well known that he was a very big drinker, like huge oh. drinker. <laughs> so they can have a brewery and to drink, but no gambling, and that means murder. Yes, he could He could drink as much as he wanted. He could murder as much as he wanted. He could, I'm sure he abused women, but no gambling. Because <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. So he was also quite famous as a mountain man because he could, like, track these people down and kill them in the woods. Um, and it this attracted explorers to come like talk to him. They wanted to pick his brain and find out how he was such a good tracker. So in 1860, on his trip across America to the West Coast, an explorer named Richard Francis Burton stopped to explore the Salt Lake City area. And he stayed with someone in a village near the city, Salt Lake City. And this guy he stayed with invited Porter Rockwell to dinner. And so Porter Rockwell came for dinner and he sent away for a bottle of Valley Tan Whiskey. And he and Burton drank shot for shot into the night with Rockwell outlining steps that Burton should take for safety during his passage to Sacramento. So huge drinker, like I said. Yeah. And his advice was that you should... Always carry a loaded double-barreled shotgun, 
sleep in a dark camp, never trust appearances, and to avoid the main trail where the quote-unquote white Indians preyed on travelers. What the fuck? Yeah. What and does he, that even mean? So he was, like, remember, remember how in the Mountain Meadows Massacre, the Mormons, like, painted their faces and dressed up as natives? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of like proof that that happened a lot. And then they would just blame, yeah, they'd blame all that violence on the Native communities there. Wow. He's yucky. And so apparently there's all these other stories of him that I didn't have time to get into, but like bar fights and shootouts. And he was definitely this figure, like this Wild West figure and just anyone that he didn't like or crossed him the wrong way, he'd kill him. So... And honestly, a man of God, you know, like he oh, was such a, he was man a of horrible God. person, but he was a man of God and he, he was, was just this bodyguard and bring this was right man. Yeah, yeah. He was the destroying wow. angel, barf, destroying angel of Mormondom. <laughs> Supporter Rockwell died in Salt Lake City, Utah of natural causes in 1878 and Mormons love this like the Mormons that actually know about Porter Rockwell they love that he died of natural causes because he never cut his hair so to them that's like oh Joseph Smith's prophecy was true oh, he never cut, he never cut his hair so he died of natural causes not a bullet <laughs> I mean ugh. Yes. I don't even know it's natural causes. Like it was back in the day. I'm sure he does like died of yeah. some type of disease or something like a heart attack, a stroke. Like, but it wasn't a bullet. Is all that they care about, and yeah. they love like that's what they um, on the church's website. They were they say that Joseph Smith's telling him to not cut his hair was such a prophecy, and it's like how dumb of a prophecy is that? <laughs> I'd be like. Really, Celestial Jesus, that's all you can give me is not to cut my hair. And that's my big prophecy is like, don't touch your hair and you'll not be killed by a bullet. Nice. Cool. Cool. Cool, okay. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So he was buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery. So it was probably still there. Um, and at the time of his death, Porter Rockwell had been baptized as a Mormon longer than anyone living, which is pretty interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, and his epitaph reads, he was brave and loyal to his faith, true to the prophet Joseph Smith. A promise made him by the prophet. Through obedience, it was fulfilled. So they even put that on his tombstone as like, you kept, you know, Joseph Smith made this promise to you and you kept it so you died of natural causes. Good for you. Good for you. Cool story, bro. Like, I'd be so pissed if that was what's on my tombstone. I'm like, really? Yeah. That's yeah. so lame, but I guess since it was, like, his best friend, he was probably like, yes. Yeah, it was all, he was so obsessed, literally obsessed with Joseph Smith, and, yeah, he would do anything for him, obviously. Um, at Porter Rockwell's funeral, Apostle Joseph F. Smith, who would go on to be the prophet, he was mm -hmm. actually Joseph Smith's nephew, he spoke at, at Porter's funeral, and he said, quote, they say he was a murderer. If he was, he was the friend of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and he was faith faithful to them and to his covenants. And he has gone to heaven, and apostates can go to hell. Apostates <laughs> 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 to go to hell. What yeah, about outer about, darkness. That's what it's called. It's outer darkness. Duh. Um, but I love how he doesn't address the murderer part. He just goes, well, they say he was a murderer. But if he was, it doesn't matter because he was friends with Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and he's in heaven now. So go oh, to I hell. Wish I had like a free pass like that. If I just would be friends with fucking what's his name? Creepy guy, the new prophet. Russell. And oh, Mel. yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> then apparently we can just do whatever we want. And uh, hey, it's like the uh, second anointing, right? You can do whatever exactly. you want. Do no wrong. Um, so 
This is also funny. If you look up Porter Rockwell on the church's website, they talk about his funeral and they talk about how Joseph F. Smith spoke at it, but they don't say this part. They don't, they only say that he said, oh, maybe Porter had some flaws, but he was a great person and he's going to heaven. They don't put in the part about how apostates can go to hell and they don't bring up that he was a murderer. (laughs) I mean, of course they don't. Like, uh, it's just the classic example of where they're like, we do speak the truth. Like we never lied, but it's by not telling the whole truth or like the whole story that is a lie. Yeah, exactly. Lying by I know so many Mormons who did that girl. And I was always like, what? I'm so confused. And then finally I just learned like, Oh, that's just how they are. They just, they tell bits and pieces of the story uh-huh. to suit their needs. And mm-hmm. then you find out that the story is completely different. It's like the most Mormon thing ever. It's what they've been doing since mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, and now something that's really crazy is that it, Porter Rockwell has sort of become this, almost this like legend, like a, you know, this figure that a lot of people actually really like. Uh, so there are two statues of Porter Rockwell One is near the old site of his brewery near the point of the mountain, which is actually by the, um, by the prison now, funny enough. And the other, (laughs) the other one is in Lehigh, Utah, which is, um, just south of the point of the mountain and it's off of main street. It's behind a restaurant called Porter's place, which exists to celebrate his These people they like revere him. They're like, oh yeah, he was fighting for truth and righteousness and he wasn't afraid to kill people for it. Like, but these are also the same people that say make, make America great again. Oh yeah. Yeah. And these are the same people that use like the hashtag Desnat on Twitter. And they're all about like, Ah. we should be able to use violence if, if it means we're following Brigham Young and the commandments. It's so shitty. And you know, I'm not going to name names, but um, there's someone in my life that lives or used to live near Lehigh, Utah, who had a framed photograph of Porter Rockwell in their Shut house. the fuck up. Is this someone that I know as well? Um, not someone you've met, but um, you, you know of them. Um, okay. It's wild. Yeah, they think there are certain people who think this guy is some kind of hero and he was a serial killer. He was a murderer and he murdered in the name, murdered in the name of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. And none of this shit is ever talked about. And if it is, it's not given the full truth. Like you said, or people think he's cool. Like, Oh yeah. Kill the apostate. I bet. I bet there are so many Porter Mormons out there because Mormons mm-hmm. are like, I'm going to name my kid after Porter. But then Ew, it's spelled well, like P-O-Z-Y-3-2-5-O-E-R. Porter, Porter Lee. Porter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're probably right. People that want to name their child after this awful man which at the beginning of the story I felt bad for him because I think Joseph Smith took advantage of him and he grew very close to Joseph Smith and then became obsessed with him and then his life turned into the wild west of doing whatever the leaders of the Mormon church told him to do but doesn't make him any less you know guilty he did it it doesn't but it does make you feel like I agree I felt really sorry for him when you were first talking about him like in the beginning because just sounded like a gullible kid who was desperate for a friend and Joe Smith preyed on that, like his vulnerability and brainwashed him. And then he ended up killing like fucking 200 up to 200 people in the name of Joseph Smith and Brigham yeah. Young. And uh, yeah. it doesn't and excuse it, it, but yeah, it's sad. Honestly, he probably thought he was doing the right thing, which is even oh, more yeah. troubling. And that's a lot of people who kill people. They think that they're doing it for a good reason, especially when it's in the name of religion. They're like, well, these people are close to God and I need, you know, I want to do what's quote unquote right. And it's really scary. So scary because it happens all the time. Uh, Yep. All all the time. I mean, even just like this is a bit off topic and 
political. So sorry, not sorry. But just the other day, I was just thinking about like, yeah, how in the White House that the, the people raided the White House just last year, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they thought they were doing it in the name of God and keeping the country great again and making sure that like. I don't know, like, to me, it's just wild that it got to that point where people thought that they could take things into their own hands. And yeah. just, like with this guy, too, where it's like he literally took justice and laws and law into his own hand and was like, I'm going to do this in the name of this religion that I, I know to be true. And I'm going to kill people because of it. Like, that's fucking mental. Like, imagine if everyone had that mentality or just how dangerous it is when religion gets mixed with that kind of thinking. Oh, 1000%. That's why I think religion is, is scary and needs to be checked because if everyone's like, you have to respect religion or religious beliefs. And it's like, no, we fucking don't because shit like this happens. Mm -hmm. And people think that they can do anything in the name of religion, that they're above the law and that these other people's lives don't matter because they're not following your God. When it's like, your God is made up, you know? This shouldn't be <laughs> something that we're all supposed to believe in and abide by. Um, and then they take it into their own hands and just start killing people, which is ugh, scary. Yeah, so scary. God, it's so scary. I just hope, yeah, 2022 is a better year for all of that. But also, we, yeah, if, if anyone tells you that if you don't cut your hair, you'll never be killed by a bullet, then you know you're in a cult and you should leave. Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> get out of there. Don't listen to them. Only if you want. Grow your hair out as luscious as you'd like, but not because you think it's going to prevent you from getting shot by a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh. Well, that was Porter Rockwell, the destroying angel of Mormondom. And, uh, well done, our, his- you. our history lesson. We hadn't had one of those in a while, so <laughs> that I was fun. I appreciate it. Sure, sure thing. It was fun. It was so um, fun, and you went all out, did all the research, you educated me. I have never heard of this Porter Rockwell. I'm not going to lie, the whole time I imagined, before I saw the picture, Sam Rockwell, the actor, I don't know why, I just oh. kept popping up in my head as, like, the picture, and then you showed me that one, and I was like, hey, they look absolutely nothing alike, but, yeah, thanks, Katie, you've educated oh. all of us, because I'm oh. sure I'm not the only one who's never heard of Porter Rockwell, but that is very intriguing, and I had no idea that Joseph Smith had a bodyguard, um, yeah, oh, it was shit crazy, and that would be like a really good true crime episode as well. I know. They should make a movie. Someone should make a movie. Get on that, people. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Do it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.